With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at First, first Listen. Listen. This season... We're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Ladies and gentlemen, you want experience during your football season? Well, buckle up, sweet cheeks. That's all we need. We've got all the experience in the world. This is I Want Your Flex with Dan Beyer and Mike Harmon. Mike and Dan break down everything you need to set your lineups. From position rankings to starts and sits, the guys help you make those hard decisions. And now, let's get your flex on. Here's Dan Beyer and Mike Harmon. Welcome in. It's I Want Your Flex. He's Mike Harmon. Hit him up at Swollen Dome. You can find me at Dan Bayer on Fox. We are through the Thanksgiving weekend, Mike. Uh, a lot of turkeys uh, in the NFL in, <laughs> in <laughs> no week 12. No question about it. We now hit the uh, hit the home stretch. But your Bears, winners on Monday night. Or your mind, losers on Monday night. I'm so uh, conflicted about it, though, Dan. Right? It's the... I like to see progress. Like to see the defense flying around. Like to see them catch, like they did didn't do against Detroit. You know what are potentially obvious pick sixes. I just like saying pick six. But uh, you know Montez Sweat comes over. You're getting pressure. You're getting improvement there. Justin Fields, except for the two fumbles. And there was another run at towards the end of the game where he started to get into space, and you saw his other hand come up. Right, his contact is like, mm-hmm. there you go, Justin. Yeah, that other arm's got to be there once you get away from the uh, tackles. But uh, those two fumbles, notwithstanding, you saw some good things. His connections to DJ Moore started out 12-12. Not really excited that 17 of the passes were at or behind the line of scrimmage and the fact that they scored no touchdowns. Uh, but, you know, it's one of those, I like the progress. I think uh, I'd still rather have the loss. You're not going anywhere. Yeah, I I get that, and I, you know, here's here's the other thing as well. Like Fields on the fumble, second fumble, uh, where you maybe thought that all right, this could this could be the game here, uh, with about three minutes left in the game. That burst that he has is like that is like that's the it's thing. Ridiculous. It yeah. it it truly is like that's the thing where you're like. All right, nobody else really has that. Like, if you can just make it through that point or you can – plus with his size, like, the, it's it's such a weapon. But, man, how many times do you shoot yourself in the foot with it? You know, that's – and that's the that's the ultimate dilemma. And if you – heck, if you've got D.J. Moore, you know, that's the, that's the thing with D.J. Moore in fantasy is I would never want to bench him because I would not want to miss – 
you know, that monster game like he had against Washington. And as you mentioned, over 100 yards with 11 receptions because it's always there. And that goes back to Justin Fields again. But, man, it's just got to be a frustrating watch. Oh, it's difficult. Like, the second fumble, the other thing is he had Cole Komet coming over who was getting ready to put a block on if he just slowed up. Right? If he took one step back towards the center of the field, yeah. Komet was going to seal that block, and he was going to have more green to run. But <laughs> instead, he, he gets into the contact. I, I will say this with Fields. I was impressed on how he threaded the needle on a screen pass to Komet that went for negative four yards. Yeah, no, I think it was good. in the first half. He was being pressured, and he just gunned it in, and then Daniel Hunter ended up wrapping up Komet. But, you know, on the other side of things, I think that the Josh Dobbs honeymoon is now over. Oh, it's done. Yeah. Yes. The post-game comments from Kevin O'Connell. We did a little of it um, Monday night as we were finishing up the show, Jason Smith and I, and – you had about a minute and a half of word salad before the we're going to evaluate everything. It's like, wow, you you did all the preamble about, you know, what the month has been and Jefferson being gone and Cousin being gone. It's like you didn't need to do all that. If Josh Dobbs is your guy, you just say, no, no, we got the bye week. We'll be ready to go. Justin will be back. You know, and this – yeah, this was – I, I thought like I thought we mentioned it on this pod, but again with Thanksgiving, and I know you're working with a bunch of different people as well. I can't remember you know what we actually said where, but this was my worry about Dobbs is once he got settled into the offense, the willy nilliness of their win against the Falcons, you know that 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 he had in his first game when he arrived that week, mm-hmm. some of that stuff now goes by the wayside because you're not going to do that every single time. And the more that you actually get to know the offense and settle in and, you know, they, they beat the saints, but in our Sunday show that I do with George Reister, we had Adam Amin on who called the game and, you know, asked him about the Dobbs story. He just kept on mentioning, you know, first half. Absolutely. And he wouldn't say anything about the second half, but he would talk a lot about the first half and, that's where it kind of started to roll, you know, maybe all, all of a sudden we're starting to see some cracks in this. You know, we saw it firsthand against Denver, you know, on that, that Sunday night game. Sure. And then obviously now here it's just, yeah, it can only really last so long. And and I think that, yeah, the, the clock is kind of expired. On yeah, that. it's interesting, right, though. You go into the bye week. Uh, obviously the four interceptions did have the nice touchdown throw to Hawkinson. Uh, which is kind of funny, right? Bears have pressure all night. Suddenly he's got a nice clean pocket for Hawkinson to get open down the middle. Same thing happened on that DJ Moore play that helped seal the game. Down the middle, rope from Justin Fields. Suddenly Flores doesn't have guys flying at him from all over the place. <laughs> like, it made no sense. Uh, but I, I just don't understand how you bring a guy in and and whatever you've seen, some good, some bad, some ugly, and certainly tonight, a lot of tip balls, a lot of problems. How he, how does he not get one start with Justin Jefferson back in the mix? Yeah, I right. Know you're to right. Where you got a full complement of receivers. Well, this this is the, the, also they were put in the spot because of Nick Mullins not being available to right. them, and so then that you know Jaron Hall ends up getting that start against the Falcons and last a quarter and and then then you have Dobbs there it's you know basically you know out of necessity in that part to maybe right the ship and maybe that's all that they wanted maybe maybe that's why they did the deal and thought you know what if you can just hold us over until Nick Mullins gets back maybe that's the opportunity point is this is you're still going to play Hawkinson in your league and you're obviously still going to play Justin Jefferson mm-hmm. you may have a decision to make with Jordan Addison 
I think you already have a decision with Alexander Madison, and that decision is not play him unless you absolutely have to. Yep. I don't know how much it changes with Minnesota if Dobbs ends up not being the quarterback on the other side of the ball. Yeah, I don't think it changes at all. And Addison was bottled up by the Bears' defense nicely as the number one. Uh, they did have one uh, opportunity, and Dobbs threw it out of bounds. Right, You have a deep ball yep. to Addison where the cornerback – Kind of went down, looked like he was banged up a little bit. Should have been called for illegal contact because he came up and chucked uh, Addison down the field. But either way, uh, catches the ball, but he's out of bounds and a huge opportunity. Like, he could have crawled uh, into the end zone from there. But, yeah, I I think Addison remains a a third wide out with upside. But, yeah, certainly the others are are must plays. Hit Mike up at Swollen Dome. You can find me at Dan Bayer on Fox. Let's dive into week 12. Uh, a bunch of different takeaways that I have. I'm going to start in a kind of funky spot, and you can take it wherever you want, Mike, after this. Um, the funky spot that I'm that I'm going to is actually in Nashville. Okay. And I, the, the reason I'm bringing it up because I, I don't know what else we're going to get from Derrick Henry. If there wasn't going to, if there was going to be a game where Henry had 150 yards and two touchdowns, and you're like, "There's King Henry," I thought it would have been a Week 12. I thought it would have been that matchup against the Carolina Panthers. And now with Will Level, uh, Will Levis, you know, still me, you know, obviously their their quarterback there. Um, if Tannehill was there, maybe it's different. Maybe their offensive line is other pieces. Um, but I wonder if we're just seeing a bit of an end of an era with Derrick Henry. 18 carries, 76 yards, two touchdowns, saving uh, his day. I shouldn't say saving his day, making his day. But I thought this was going to be the granddaddy of them all this season, Mike. I thought this was going to be the spot. And I wonder if maybe Derrick Henry, who t- turns 30 in January, if this is maybe the uh, the end of the line that we're seeing from King looking, Henry. Looking at a little beginning of the end. Yeah, I mean, yeah. he's still averaging 4-2 a carry. Um, first multi-touchdown game, broke a two-game scoreless streak. It, it's really the, the offense is, well, it's broken, yeah. right? So it, in terms of what he's able to do, you got two 100-yard games on the year. Uh, he's barely a factor in the pass game at all, which is – which is fine. That's not not out of the ordinary. But twenty one catches, you would have thought mm-hmm. with a rookie quarterback these last few weeks that there'd at least be a little more of a dump off situation for him. But that doesn't exist. And from a carry count, only three games with more than twenty carries. Like yep. you're not even leaning into him. You go and you had a game against the Chargers where he averaged uh, just over three yards a carry, going all the way back to week two in a win. In overtime, we can mock the Chargers in a minute. Uh, and then a hundred game, hundred yard game on twenty two carries against the Falcons, uh, and then go back to Cincinnati the first of October twenty two for one twenty two. That was you know his best uh, full workload average uh, there, but bolstered by a twenty nine yard run. So you know between that and a carry he had against Baltimore sixty three yards on that one, sixty three of his ninety seven. Uh, coming there yeah we're, we're not seeing much in the way of a push I want to know how much of it is there's just no respect for what Will Levis can do yeah and I also think it, as well if you're Tennessee it's more important for you down the stretch and their their schedule is not murderer's row but there isn't a game there that you're like they're going to win 
you know, they have the Colts, they have the Texans, they have a matchup with the Seahawks. They could maybe win, a, you know, one of those games sure. or maybe two of those games, but you're not going in and being like, all right, that's the one they're going to get, like we kind of thought this past week with the Panthers. But also, if you're that organization, you already know what you got with Derrick Henry. Yeah. You know, so like, why are you going to load up on him over this stretch? If you're going to do anything, you're going to see what more Will Levis can do. And that would also then be a detriment to what Derrick Henry is. And maybe you're looking at, you know, Tajay, uh, you know, Tajay Sharp as a possibility of someone who's getting a little bit more action. I don't know. It just to me, if it wasn't this past weekend for Derrick Henry, I don't know when it's go- Tajay Spears, excuse me. Spears, yeah. yeah uh, if, uh, you know, if it wasn't going to be this past weekend, I don't know when it's going to come for the Titans running back. Yeah, it's curious, right? Because you go down the schedule, you still have two against Houston. Well, they're only giving up 95 rushing yards a game. Mm-hmm. You're looking at Jacksonville, who's a top four team against the run. So you've got a bunch of difficult spots. And go back to the beginning of the season when you had Spears uh, out snapping him. Mm-hmm. Right. Remember the the first couple of weeks of the season. You know, we were keeping an eye on that. Yeah, it, it certainly can reverse itself here. He's a uh, RB two with a giant question mark, and we'll watch to see if if we see that shift. You know, to try to see do they have a cheap alternative at running back that they can trust going into next year. You know, I will say this. In my defense, Tajay Sharp did play a couple of seasons with the Titans. He did. So, so, so there. So, no, that's, Tajay that's a good Spears, pull, Tajay Sharp. Yeah, that's it's in the it's in the encyclopedia. I was just on the wrong page. No, so. I mean he would have been a fantasy sleeper back in the day. You know. <laughs> well, the other thing too he was, was a, he was a guy that taunted you. And Spears played uh, played at Tulane, so you know that's my favorite helmet in all of college football. So I feel a little bad with uh, that one. But all right, who now, else is on the medal stand with them then? <laughs> I'll tell you what, I'm not sure, but sitting right next to me as we do this podcast is my Tulane Green Wave mini helmet. Nicely it is, done. it is, it is right there. It is my favorite logo. Just that angry green wave. It's uh, magnificent. That's um, a beautiful thing. Yeah, what was what stood out to you in week twelve? Well, Matchups, I, players wise, or what do you got? Yeah, I think as we, we, we got what we expected from the the top of the top at the quarterback position. So that was good. Uh a bit of a surprise, CJ Stroud once again. I, I guess I shouldn't doubt him anymore, because it also was a thing that sent me home in the guillotine one of my guillotine leagues, uh, is that I played Lamar Jackson in what seemed like an easy opportunity against the Chargers. Guess what? He, uh, you look at Brandon Staley, I almost made made him either floose. They're kind of interchangeable at this point uh his defense showed out and and played a good game still a loss but so be it but stroud coming up with another three touchdown performance two in the air one on the ground uh kind of huge matthew stafford and the rams you know both from a fantasy and from a real football perspective the eyebrow was raised right if this team can stay healthy and kyron williams uh, we talked about him on the uh, on the show when I joined you and Aaron Torres. Got him in in the ninjas of a. He's coming off the injury. If they're activating him, he's going to be good to go. And look how good he was before he got hurt. And damn if he didn't come back and set the house on fire uh, in his return yeah. to the field. So I mean that was kind of crazy. Add Nakua, add Cooper Cup. You got a team that is suddenly interesting in the hunt. Right as we do the graphics in the hunt, uh, but opportunity there. Uh, Josh Jacobs finished as a top five running back 
for the week against the great Kansas City defense, bolstered by one massive run uh, that really put it over the top. But that was huge. On the other side, uh, Patrick Mahomes' owners were shaking their fists when Pacheco uh, was able to find the end zone twice as a runner. So that'll kick you in the teeth. Uh, That one stood out to me is is kind of one of those big plays but you know it was it was another week where you know from a betting standpoint the chalk is there but a lot of unders a lot of games that were uh, at times unwatchable uh, yeah <laughs> right pittsburgh cincinnati i mean deontay johnson yeah. I, I think if they could they'd cut him <laughs> at this <laughs> point I may do that just on principle for my own fantasy For your fantasy team, team. yeah. yeah. Yes. Like, it's Make just painful statement. to watch. And then, obviously, Mike Tomlin and his staff deserve some booze for not being able to get the you know challenge flag up and understanding that they had a touchdown uh, that they should have challenged. But there, there's just – Of Deontay Johnson. Yeah. yeah. He was, yeah. No, that's right. He, yeah. he was his big play. And maybe he was just pouting after that. Uh, and I think the, the last to take away – I mean, there's so many things from the week. But while it ain't pretty, suddenly the Broncos are, are a bit of a pain in the neck. And it'll be curious. They're, they're going to live and die by how many uh, yards Javante Williams can give them, except when he needs to come out for breathers and you see some Samaji P. Ryan action. So Samaji P. Ryan suddenly is a guy that you find yourself looking at going, I don't want to do this because he only had one target, right? That's always been, yeah. his, been his thing. But suddenly the the Broncos have a style of football that works. And again, Cleveland playing with DTR and then P.J. Walker. I get it, offensively challenged. And Russell Wilson's not lighting the world on fire. But Williams, when healthy, you're getting that 20 touches. And he's a guy that, for fantasy purposes, a lot of folks had uh, shied away from. He's Mike Carbon. I'm Dan Byer. It's I Want Your Flex, our executive producer. Patrick Suica is our executive producer this week and next week because Ryan Bershinger is in the Philippines with his fiance and uh, enjoying uh, a couple of weeks there. So we enjoy Patrick hanging out with us. If you want to hit us up, hit Mike at Swollen Dome. You can get me at Dan Byer on Fox. I want to touch a little bit about what you talked about, some of the stuff uh, left to be desired, uh, specifically that 10-7 barn burner between the Patriots and Giants. Plus, we've got Mike's. Waiver wire pickups for week 13, and also the barn burner that was that almost wasn't in Philadelphia. That's all coming up next here on I Want Your Flex. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating Cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, 
as well as my straight shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. And recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry. Back to Iguodala. Up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hit Mike up at Swollen Dome. You can find me at Dan Beyer on Fox. It is I Want Your Flex. He is Mike Harmon. I am Dan Beyer. You know, I got a question on Twitter on, excuse me, formerly known as Twitter, X.com, asking me Jalen Hurts or Lamar Jackson this past weekend, Mike. And for about two and a half quarters, because I picked Lamar Jackson, I was looking really good. The Eagles-Bills game actually played out how I thought it was until just chaos in the fourth quarter and then in overtime. But, you know, it's one of those things where – yeah, you know, I felt I felt bad. Heck, the way that the you know Ravens come out and score right away against the Chargers or get an early score, I'm mm-hmm. like, well, maybe it can. Some of it can be, you know, negated or or canceled out. But I guess that's just I I don't know if that's a Buffalo Bills thing. Uh, I don't know if it's a Philadelphia Eagles thing. But I I should have put it in the safety net. But you were you know you're watching a game where Jalen Hurts has 50 yards passing, right? You know, I mean, A.J. Brown was nothing. Devontae Smith wasn't doing anything. Like, it was dominated by the Bills. And uh, aside from a few of their miscues that kept Philadelphia in the game, like, there was just not much to write home about. Hurts did have a touchdown run, um, you know, in, in that span of time, but it wasn't a breakaway game. But, you know, lo and behold, you have the overtime. You know, you have what transpires in the fourth quarter and just ended up unraveling, in, in, at least for my prediction. Uh, but, you know, Jalen Hurts owners uh, obviously reaping the benefits. But I guess it's it's a lesson that, that – I should learn and really fantasy owners need to learn is even if you think the matchup may not go your way, you still want to play your guy. Well, yeah, but, you know, when you're looking at the choice between Lamar Jackson against the Chargers and what they've been mm-hmm. and looking at Eagles bills, right? bills have had their injuries. But, you know, when, when you're going through like Lamar Jackson, the evaluation, no Joey Bosa, even with Andrews gone was They'll move the ball. They'll be able to make some plays. Now, yeah. now, some of the thought might have been, you know, if you if you wanted to do the counter and hindsight being twenty twenty is, well, this was a game for the Chargers to rise up, right? Because this really was their season. Mm-hmm. 
So maybe, just maybe, you get a huge effort. And look, as a guy that started Lamar Jackson, as I mentioned before, over C.J. Stroud in a couple of leagues, one of them was a guillotine league that sends me home, uh, and that's the move. That's the lineup would change that would have given me an extra, I think it was 15-point differential that would have gotten me you know, into the next week. Sure. But, you know, you're, you're trying to evaluate, and, and that's and I would say this. This is also bad roster management as far as the uh, the drafting, right? If you acquired, and again, if it was a guillotine league, then it's a different animal, right? Because then you're just trying to play defense a little bit, use your budget and stockpile guys, but you still run yourself into a situation like this where you're like, ah, oh, damn it, I got two great options. Which is the better of them? And you kill yourself because yeah. you're going to guess wrong occasionally. Like me picking up Stroud, I mean, that was a guy that had been bounced from like three teams already and probably, and I'd have to go back and look at the league, whether he was drafted initially at all anyway, right? Because you don't carry massive amounts of players and, and whatever in each squad. So, you know, to have that dilemma, if it was a standard league, means you really went in on quarterbacks too early. And I can only imagine what the rest of that lineup's looking like. Two, two things I was banking on. Uh, number one, lack of elements, which was the case. Yeah. You know, like there were elements in Philadelphia, which makes Jake Elliott's 59-yard field goal even all more ama- All the more amazing. Absolutely. Because yeah. that, was, that was one of those where you kept – you knew they were playing with the cameras to make sure you understood how hard it was raining. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It was because we were on during that time. I said, this could be the greatest field goal we've seen in the NFL because, I mean, it was on grass in in that mess. Uh, Also, you're playing your first full game without Mark Andrews, and I thought we'd see – uh, a little bit more of Lamar's legs. Sure. Did have and 11 it, carries, just didn't have the, the yardage or get the score that you would have hoped sure. for. Sure, but, but go back to the, the Eagles, too, right? You had the late, late scratch of Lane Johnson. Yeah. Then all of a yep. sudden you're like, okay, look how dis, you know discombobulated things looked for a, a chunk of time. And look, Sean McDermott, send him some flowers for some really terrible defensive calls. Um, you also had the James Cook would-be touchdown, should have walked in early in that one right all these different things the horse collar that wasn't yeah. called that ends Tyler up being Bass, uh, two you know kicks. right yep. miss kick right afterwards all of that adds up but you know it, it opened up in the second half it was a totally different game uh and the only thing i really regretted though dan is that i didn't mute it between jim nance continually <sighs> reminding me when the sunday night game started and Tony Romo just trying to make one-line jokes or setting up scenarios that don't make any sense. It's like you realize they're down four. They're not down three. So your math and what you're trying to say doesn't really make any sense unless I missed a paragraph somewhere in there and had a hiccup in my stream. But either way, you know, you end up getting this monster effort from Hertz, And, you know, the Eagles prove once again from a fantasy perspective – these guys will get theirs, and from a regular perspective, they're finding a way to win. And I was not privy to it just because we were on the air, so I didn't hear all of the, you know, the chatter. Maybe it's best that it that it didn't happen. Um, <laughs> then there's New England and and the Giants, the game oh that wiped me out of the uh, their survivor pool. Not that you care if you're listening to the podcast, you know. We all whatsoever. care. We're a big family, Dan. <laughs> 
<laughs> the funny thing about this, though, is there was fantasy relevancy. Sure. Because you had Ramondre Stevenson. A lot of people played him, uh, as as you should. No Dexter Lawrence for the Giants. And guess what? He showed up for it. 98 yards mm-hmm. and a score. Saquon was kept in check. Uh, but Tommy DeVito, Jalen Hyatt got over 100 yards. Not that you're playing Jalen Hyatt, but – uh, the 10-7 uh, beauty that this was did actually give you a little bit of fantasy relevance. But, uh, Mike, as I sat there and, and watched this one, <laughs> I, I just I, – I, I cannot believe the New England Patriots have fallen this far. Like, literally, I said to myself – there's no way Bill Belichick loses to Tommy DeVito. Yeah. Like, it's just not going well, to happen. Well, historically, he's dominated rookie quarterbacks, and then you can push yep. that out even more, right? Yeah. And uh, and what do you know? Tommy DeVito Ta-da. got the best. By the way, DeVito looking leaps and bounds better than Mac Jones or Bailey Zappi. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Yeah, no, yes. I, I like the swagger this guy plays with. Uh, he needs to learn to get rid of the ball a little bit, took six sacks, and – uh, got a little anxious on others, but that's where we're at. Jalen Hyatt becomes interesting because, you know, we've been doing the podcast and doing shows forever together here, Dan. And, you know, when we get these second string, third string guys off the street, whatever, whoever they've done some practice time with, maybe you get a little bit of a pop. Maybe Jalen Hyatt's that guy that yeah, down the point. stretch, maybe, maybe you get a little bit of juice. So as you get to the waiver wire, we'll do those in earnest. Maybe he's a guy that, you know, you stash. Maybe you've already done it, but maybe he's a guy you stash thinking, all right, it's it, not that it's going to get great and you're not going to have those monster weeks like he did uh, a couple weeks ago. But, you know, DeVito's a guy they seem to trust in the offense, whatever's going on between Dable and uh, Wink Martindale on the defensive side. Uh, I don't care. He gave him a game ball. Everybody's happy. Um you know, it would have been interesting to see Demario Douglas, you know, stay healthy because he's he had yeah. nine targets, and and he's been a nice find for them. So certainly someone to keep an eye on as well. Stevenson, be remiss, ninety-one and a score on the ground, five catches. Yeah, he only had nine yards, but that's five point nine points in the receiving game. You gotta love that, Dan. Those 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 extra I caught the ball and got drilled immediately. Doesn't matter. I got a point. You know, that's one thing well, I hate about the PPR leagues more more than anything. It's like I can carry the ball 22 times and run for 50. All right, I get my five points. But if I catch the ball five times on swing passes and fall down immediately, I'm getting the same level of scoring. And, and, and Ramondre Stevenson's long reception was seven yards. So that means he had a group of four catches that only went for two yards. So that's even better, you know. So no, you're you're losing yards on those those screen passes or some of those dump offs that um, the Patriots. Uh, I still can't believe they lost that game. I just it. Oh man. Well, but here uh, here's the thing. Right now, is it is it become a super genius thing? Because otherwise, you would have changed your kicker a while ago. Because he's been terrible. Yes. Tell me you can't find yeah. one of these veterans off the street for a little bit of money uh, to bring in if this because you're playing by the margins that maybe that's the you know it's it's the super genius of all right if we're going down we're going down in all phases and we're gonna suck. What a mess! 
What an absolute mess. Well, because I posed the theory to uh, Smith, noted Jets fan on our show on Monday night. It's like, you know, Caleb Williams might be slinging it for the uh, Patriots next year. And if he is, I'm getting a Patriots jersey, and I'm going <laughs> to sit next to your ass every week with that on at least one day. Oh, oh, how great would that be? Oh, man. If Aaron Rodgers continues to make decisions, uh, the Jets may have a uh, early pick uh, come 2025. All the great GM work he did this year, <laughs> let me tell you. Uh, that was brilliant. Uh, just, you know, one, one last one. Uh, just going back to that Baltimore um, and Chargers game, just the fact that the offense for the Chargers – and look, the, the Ravens have been lights out. Uh, in a lot of these games defensively, Queen and, and Roquan Smith, I mean, they're, they're all world. You're getting some push from, from Clowney up front, all of that stuff. Uh, you know, he no longer has a shoulder. See what I did there? Callbacks. <laughs> yep. Uh, but you, you're not able to run the ball like most weeks. Austin Eckler looks like uh, he's running in slow motion. You might get one burst now and again. Uh, Keenan Allen, 14 catches, 106 yards. But you're, you're getting really no contribution from other wide receivers. Yes, Gerald Everett had the touchdown, did the uh, Ray Lewis squirrel dance, uh, four for 43 for him. But once again, Johnston, one for seven. Guyton, who was questionable coming in, but he played. One catch, four yards. He had five targets. He had mm. one catch for four yards. So for Justin Herbert, you know, as much as folks may love him um, – Right now, I, I don't know on a week-to-week basis whether he rates as a back-end QB1. Like, he's he's a guy that's a yeah. decision point uh, for you at this point. It's, it's crazy to think that we live in that world, but I ab- absolutely do. And I, I think that we're there right now. And just to, to see what's around him and, and what would need to go right. You know, I mean, Stone Smart – you know, Stone to, smart, nicely done. <laughs> the two T's would have to uh, to really step yeah, <laughs> double up. Uh, uh. You know, the great thing about, I want to say this because you mentioned the clowny clip, and I know that there are people that listen uh, to this podcast that obviously listen to you and Jason uh, weeknights on Fox Sports Radio, but also listen back in the day with uh, with Jay Moore Sports, and I would have people like so that Steve Spurrier clip of not Clowney's got a bruised shoulder. I, I heard that enough. He was doing a little interview with a bunch of you know reporters after practice, and it was something completely different that we were looking for. But it was just such a great line, so I you know cut it up, and the rest is is audio history for you know for where we used it on on Fox Sports Radio and with Jay Show. But the funny thing is, Mike is you know like you'd get drops that you'd play in shows that were, you know, original to your show or maybe, you know, only your show. But I would have people send me clips to be like, hey, yeah, this is where Macho Man originated from. And I'd be like, yeah, I cut it up. You know, like that's where <laughs> I found it. Like, do you think it just magically appeared like the Tooth Fairy? Like that it just, you know, it didn't just all of a sudden appear under my pillow. It's like, <laughs> yeah, I get it. Like, I appreciate it. And I appreciate you listening. But it's not just, we don't have some magic factory going on here. It's just always kind of funny of, yeah, yeah, I know that's where I got it. Because that's where I cut it up. Oh. Anyway, all right. No, it would be good. I mean, now there. with uh, like Sports Illustrated, we could start the AI process and just have that all come together. <laughs> oh, look what I did there. Hello, America. Oh, he is Mike Harmon. I'm Dan Byer. Harmon's waiver wire picks coming up next year, and I want your flags. 
If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You know, one more point I want to make about Week 12 before we get into Mike's waiver wire picks for Week 13, because I do want to go back to Thanksgiving Day. Mm-hmm. In game one of the week, Packers win against the Lions. Sure. And, you know, there's you – know, I think you're going to – I think you're just going to see in the backfield in Detroit the, the Montgomery-Gibbs split and whoever just ends up getting the touchdown is going to get the touchdown. But in Green Bay, in deeper leagues, some of these guys are now starting to be a little bit more playable than they were before. 100%. Like there's, yeah, there's something, you know, that, that you know – Green Bay seems to have some momentum. Jaden Reed, obviously Christian Watson is one people are playing, and I know Romeo Dobbs got uh, Romeo Dobbs got some, you know, love at certain times. But yeah, if you're playing Jaden Reed, if you're playing these guys, they actually may come through for you. I don't know what that's going to happen with their running game. I have no idea whatsoever. But at least Jordan Love throwing the football on Thanksgiving looked pretty good, and could see some more Packer wide receivers emerging. Yeah, he's certainly starting to put it together, and. And look, before the season, I picked them to win the division. They may not be able to chase down Detroit, 
uh, but they, they can certainly come after Minnesota and find themselves, you know, into the playoff mix. But to your point, Dobbs is at 57% owned in Yahoo, Watson at 62%, Jaden Reed at just 48%, and Jordan Love, the who's pulling the trigger on all of it, only owned in 52% of leagues. Mm, wow. So opportunity does knock there, uh, certainly, if you want to go down the Packer rabbit hole. From the running game, yeah, we, we're not sure how injured Aaron Jones is when he'll be back. Uh, we certainly haven't seen the same explosiveness out of him or A.J. Dillon. But if they're running unopposed, then, yes, you're still getting that 12 <laughs> to 15 touches. Yeah. Right? If, if they are predominant, the predominant back, then you, you get to the point where it's like they're still flex-worthy because you know the old rule of touches over targets for me. We're going to see him on Sunday night against the Chiefs, which should be uh, interesting. Then after that, you got Giants, Buccaneers, and Panthers before what well, could be two really intriguing matchups to wrap up the season uh, in the NFC North uh, at Minnesota and then against your Bears uh, in the final week of the season where you'll be chanting, Go Pack Go, but for other reasons. Um, <laughs> that sounds about the, right. For the first time in your life. All right, let's get to the waiver wire pickups, uh, guys that Mike wants you to target in advance of week 13. That and if they can still win the division uh then i'll really be there because you know i like to be right uh note for week 13 though dan as as we like to do remember buffalo chicago las vegas minnesota the new york football giants and baltimore ravens all off a six team by mm. in week 13 that's <laughs> I know. that's absurd and, and there's buys in week 14 yeah you know so Just yeah don't. yeah and they're not even, yeah, not even done yet. Not, not even. And we've had two weeks, and I get it, the holiday, the way you spread out games, you're not going to grab yeah. by weeks there. But certainly uh, we, we've had one or two other weeks where, like, you, you, you couldn't have done it there. Uh, but so be it uh, as we go through. We mentioned all those Packer receivers and Jordan Love. So we go there. Another quarterback, you know, we pumped up the, the Russell Wilson, should be rostered, I think, at this point. Is he startable every week? No, but rosterable. Uh, the guy that intrigues me that's still available in more than 50% of leagues, uh, I mentioned him uh, before, is Matthew Stafford. Only owned in 48% of leagues. Wow. I picked him up last week. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Opportunity knocks. As a backup. Yeah. Did, did not anticipate that kind of explosion. Didn't Not that I'm expecting world-beating efforts from the Arizona Cardinals and historically McVay and company have had their way uh, with them. But, man, that was uh, that was a sight to behold. No question about it. Running back position, I think a couple of guys we were talking about a little bit earlier when you look at Keaton Mitchell. Yeah, he's not playing this week. Uh, but, again, you start playing defense for the stretch run, a guy who's got uh, a chunk of that workload in Baltimore. You look at – the the opportunity for Spears in Tennessee again roster development and having those options especially if you're fighting for a playoff berth or just wanting to screw things over by playing spoiler uh, you can play defense uh, with some of these pickups Samaji Pirine would like to see him more in the passing game but they're leaning on him and and Javante Williams to help carry the load there in Denver as we roll through so those are a couple options uh as we go for the wide receiver position this is where it starts to to go a little bit back and forth i I saw some pictures of dorch all over my my screens 
I think that's more. Dorch on golf. Remember that no, one? Oh, yeah, that's it. I saw Dorch <laughs> on, uh, <laughs> yeah, our, our guy Tim Conway Jr.'s old man uh, back in the day. He's over at KFI right now, 640. By the uh, way, but, yeah. Patrick, pa- Patrick Suica, yes. our executive producer. Do you know what Dorf on golf is? No, I do not. What is it? Uh, the, unfortunately. Dorf on basketball, one. Dorf on golf. Just YouTube it. It's You may not laugh, but a lot of people laughed back in the day. It was an old comedy bit. It was an old yeah. bit. Tim I'll probably Conway laugh. I'll probably laugh. From the uh, Carol Burnett show and, uh, you know, the Apple Dumpling game, Gang and all those things. He and Harvey Corman, Carol Burnett and Vicki Lawrence and all those folks getting it done. Uh, yeah, now his kids have uh, been a radio host forever here uh, in Los Angeles. Likes to bet the horses. Saw him out at Santa Anita. Had to say it. Uh, but I, I continue with the wide receivers. Uh, Rasheed Rice still available in, in one-third of leagues. Jacoby Myers, it's only 20%, but maybe you're in that lucky 20% that you can go find him. We already talked uh, about the Packers receivers, uh, the curiosity that is Brandon Cooks down the stretch in that Dallas offense that's been humming along so well these last few weeks, so an opportunity there. Uh, Noah Brown missed this game uh, this past week against the Jaguars. He's available in 55% of leagues. He was having a nice little rise uh, before the injury, so ended up back on the waiver wire because of being declared out, but might be there for you in your leagues. And I don't know how I feel about the Detroit Lions as a whole. I was calling them – you know, before the the game on Thursday, I was raising my hand going, I don't, I don't really like the squad. I think they might have already had uh, their best moments, even though I like the run game. Jared Goff getting a little careless with the football. But Jamison Williams is only owned in 22% of leagues. Sure, take a shot. And he looks like a guy, yeah. again, it becomes the I roster a guy so you don't have him kind of situation uh, as we flow through. And then we got to get to the tight end position real fast here just because we're, we're trying to find uh, the diamonds in the rough. So two guys, one's Captain Obvious. I was surprised. I, I guess the initial reports were so bad when he went to IR, everybody bailed on the roster spot. And that's Pat Fryermuth who comes oh, yeah. back and has a big game against Cincinnati. Looked real he's a, good. He's available in half of leagues. Okay. Right? And Deontay Johnson might be sitting there watching and cheering for them on the sideline. So more <laughs> targets uh, for Fryermuth. The other guy, uh, I'll go back to the Rams again with Matthew Stafford under center and so much tension paid. Kyron Williams is going to get his love. Obviously, you got Nakua and Cup. I'm not looking for massive target counts, but Tyler Higby scored early in that one. You might see more yeah. of him. Scored again. Two touchdowns yeah. in that game against Arizona. I'm aware because I dropped him uh, a few ah. weeks back because of the scenario. And don't worry, I've been relying on Evan Ingram's 38 yards. Yay. <laughs> I got, I, I had That's Logan, an average probably. I, I had Logan Thomas going this week thinking, oh, oh it'll okay. be a score fest. Nah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Screw you, oh, Harmon. He'll do nothing and you'll like it. Oh, there you are, your waiver wire pickups, and that's going to do it for uh, for our episode. So uh, Mike and I will be back uh, with a uh, couple episodes uh, later this week as well. Uh, Patrick will be hanging out. Hit Mike up at Swellendome, and you can find me at Dan Bayer on Fox. All right, the stretch run is about to begin. Uh, join us next time here on I Want Your Flex. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. 
Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at First, first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., we dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.